please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Hello and welcome back. I'm Rosemary. I'm glad you're here. I'm the host. I have a really cool interview guest today. I'm excited for you all to dive into it. Um, And so just quick aside before we dive into, before I introduce the guest and we dive into the interview, I want to mention that this, you don't have to care, but in case you do care, is going along with some, we're going to be talking about some women's issues stuff and some inner child related stuff. And that is indicated astrologically this month. And if you want to know more about that, you can check out my other podcast, Yogi Scopes, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O. PES, which is yoga practices for the astrological weather, your yoga horoscopes, if you will. Um, so yeah, that's there if you want to check it out, but you're absolutely not required to care about astrology to be here on this podcast, um, because I do like to be grounded in science and that's why this is called the science of light, this podcast, um, grounded in research. And that is This guest that I have today is definitely that. Dr. Amber Tishner is the founder of 2B Coaching and Consulting. She has a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology, which um, basically is is the psychology of how, you know, organizations run businesses, um, like corporate environments. So she's a thought leader on the topic of female rivalry. She has... 20 plus years of experience um, being an organizational consultant where she goes into businesses and helps guide them through transformational change to change their culture away from um, ones that support female female rivalry, excuse me, female rivalry, which eventually makes the good women leave, which she has a free resource on her website called Good Women Walk. We get more into that in the episode. Um, And we talk about things like her book called Behind Frenemy Lines. I don't know. It's just I don't know about you all, but this is definitely something I've experienced in my life. Like I mentioned in the episode, um, I experienced it as early as like middle school soccer is when I first started experiencing this. And I think it goes above and beyond gender uh, lines, like this idea of collaboration over competition that we talk about. So even if you don't have experience with, you know, being female or um, women's issues per se, you know, however you identify, whatever, I think that this, the notions create, like we discuss in this episode about how to recognize this competitive behavior that's not serving anybody and how to choose collaboration over that. And then how to, um, how to recognize it, what to do about it, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's a great episode. So I hope you get some value from it. If you want to learn more about astrologically, why this is a great episode for right now. You can check out my other podcasts. Otherwise, I'm really glad you're here so that we can dive into some, you know, science and spirituality stuff like we do around here, um, checking out the science and the spiritual side of it. So let's jump right in.
Hello, and welcome back to the Science of Light. Today, I'm joined with Amber Tishner, a you have your doctorate, yes. So, Doctor Amber Tishner. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, hi, Amber. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, Rosemary. I'm really glad you're here. Your work is really cool. Um, so we kind of connected in like a professional networking thing, and I, I've never heard of anybody doing work like what you do, but it sounds really important. I feel like so female rivalry, right, is the topic, um, and it Correct. sounds like you know, even like female or not, or like this idea of collaboration over competition is a very important one. Um, so can you start off by sharing how you got into the the work you do like to start with? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And you're right. I don't know anybody that's doing this work. Um, so female rivalry, it was, gosh, about 15 years ago, maybe a little less, but I was um, working on my dissertation for school and my background's in industrial organizational psychology. So um, I had to write about a problem I saw in the work environment. Mm. And I really knew that I wanted it to involve women. I'm just passionate about women's issues. And I was like, what can I write about that's different and unique? And so I was, I lived in Washington, DC at the time, and I was on a really well-known name project. And, um, I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, good women are walking. And it like, mm -hmm. I call it the elephant in the boardroom because you could see this behavior happening and it didn't just impact the women that were involved. It, it impacted the whole group that was surrounding them because it made everybody uncomfortable and it felt uneasy. And, um, so women were leaving and the organization didn't know why. And then you have time, talent, and money walking out the door. And I thought, okay, I'll write about this. So I did a qualitative study and I interviewed nine women extensively. And gosh, their stories were heartbreaking and they were all ages, but how much this behavior impacted their life as a whole. So it didn't just stay at work. It, it, you know, it affected everything. And so um, I got my dissertation but I kept collecting stories because I was mm -hmm. fascinated by them. And then at that point, I'm like, you know what? This isn't just something that happens at work. This is something that happens to women. And it's very rare when I'm speaking to women now that to some degree, somebody hasn't experienced it, you know, because there's so many different right. faucets of the way it can rear its head. And so I kept... Um, collecting all these stories. I moved to Richmond, Virginia, and I was working on a big project. And up until that point, I'd had little bits and pieces hit me, but not a full blown like rivalry. But I was mm -hmm. working on a project and I hated it. I hated going to work. I was struggling with the woman I was working with. I And I just was thinking, oh gosh, it's, um, you know, it's time for a change. And I just haven't, you know, it's, yeah, I had two little babies and I'm like, oh, it, the effort yeah. to make a change is overwhelming. And, um, I was, but I dreaded work. I'd wake up on Sunday and have a pit in my stomach and get oh, the gosh, Sunday blues yeah. and my weekend was ruined. And I was driving to work one Monday morning and my mom said, I hate to see how you doubt yourself all because of this woman. And I went, oh my gosh, like, 
I'm, I'm in this and I studied it. So I mm-hmm. went in and I left that project because I thought if I know it as much as I know it and I studied it and researched, but I didn't see it when I was knee deep in it, what's it doing to women who don't know about it? So I called mm-hmm. the best worst thing I could have experienced. I really truly thought I knew it just from my research, but totally. I needed to live it. Yeah. And, um, that's how to be coaching and consulting started. And I, um, have started building my business based on female rivalry because women, people need to hear these stories because I think it's Mm -hmm. something we can overcome because we can be better together. So it's a long winded nutshell of how I got to where I am today. (laughs) Long-winded nutshells are what we do around here. I love it because there's a lot of nuggets of wisdom (laughs) in that. Um, Yeah, like so, I mean, the the title of this podcast is The Science of Light. So it's like I like to blend research with like lived experience and body. So I think it's cool that you had that experience where you like were like, oh, this is where the rubber meets the road of the research that I do, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so that's, well, and then it was so telling to me, like I had to, it was about, well, it was when COVID hit, I was thinking about writing a book, but I went back and I reread all these stories I had been hanging on to, not really sure why I was hanging on to them. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I resonated with all of them. I'm like, I felt Mm -hmm. that. And I felt that. And oh, that happened to me. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it brought everything full circle. It's funny how life throws you those curveballs sometimes. (laughs) Well, that's why stories are important and like hearing other people's stories. I like to hear the story of how you found yourself where you are because I think there's wisdom in everybody's story. So like you were saying. um, Yes. Yeah. So what is – I don't know. Like you were saying, like we've all experienced it on some level, this notion of female rivalry. I mean, I'm even when I was like preparing for this podcast interview, I was like, you know, that's why I quit soccer when I got to like middle school. I loved soccer, but when it got Uh. to be like co-ed sports, you know, like I played on teams that when you're little, their boys and girls are together. And then when it got to be like middle school and co-ed, it was like I quit because the girls were too catty. Like literally that's why I quit. And um, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I haven't, like, I've experienced this too, for sure. But, um, yeah. and then also you, you're talking about it like in the corporate world, but like you also mentioned that it, it touches other aspects of life. Like I think it shows up as an entrepreneur as well, for sure. So could you describe more about exactly, you know, you had that experience of where you were like, oh, this is it in real life. Like, yeah. what does that look like? What, how does it show up? So it. It's so interesting because you bring up a very good point. Um, I was naive, so I'll go back a little bit. I was naive when I, you know, I have a daughter and a son, and um, I thought, oh, gosh, we have until middle school for these behaviors to start to show up. No, they started with her in kindergarten on the playground, and there were mean girls on the playground, and I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, We talked about it, but I thought, gosh, at that age, that's not intrinsic in these little girls. That is a learned behavior. They are mirroring Mm -hmm. or replicating a behavior that they're seeing. So, um, it, yeah, it can show up in so many ways. It can be exclusion. It can be the queen bee. It can be the friend that is friends with you one day and not the the next. It can be the backhanded compliment. It can be, you know, that kind that is said on the pretense of being nice, but makes you feel yucky. Like, Oh, Mm -hmm. that didn't feel nice that she said that to me. Um, it can happen at work. It can happen at church in your neighborhood. Um, 
the thing with this female rivalry, it, it, there are no boundaries. It doesn't right. care your race, doesn't care your age, doesn't care what kind of car you drive or where you live. Um, almost every woman I've ever talked to has felt it to a degree. And so, um, there's a lot of gaslighting involved with it. You know, those, mm-hmm. again, the similar to the backhanded compliment, like it makes you just feel not good about yourself, um, in the work environment, how it can show up. Well, in any way, how it can show up. So I'm a firm believer that it comes first off women who like themselves, like other women. So if wow. you are experiencing this behavior from somebody else, she has inner demons that she's dealing with and you just happen to be in the way, you know, you're, right. you're in her path at the wrong time. So chances are, if you're on the receiving end of this, it's really nothing to do with you. It's about her behavior. I always do the caveat to that is you always want to look if you're contributing to a behavior, you know, yeah. like, am I doing something that's triggering? But chances are it stems in the other individual from fear, low self-esteem, the need for control. She doesn't feel good about herself. I mean, there's so many faucets and then there's so many ways it can trickle out. It's not a black and white behavior. And like you said, in sports, big one, middle school. Oh yeah. The girls, you know, the girls are a little more advanced at boys at that age. So they're competing for the boys and then it comes off on Mm -hmm. everything else. And it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of different faucets to it. Totally. Yeah. So, um, how would you know this? Like kind of, I was going to get to this in a little bit, but it's coming up now. Like, how would you recognize if you like, like, how would I recognize if I was contributing to that behavior? Is there a way to like tell, you know what I mean? Like, like we can recognize it in other people. Is there a way to recognize in ourselves? Yeah. It's very hard to recognize it in yourself. And I honestly think if somebody says that they don't have that, that's not totally true. I think we all have that to a degree just because that's human nature. But mm-hmm. um, my one first thing is practice the pause before you respond. Like always just kind of do a self check. Like, okay, how can I respond to this situation? Is Am I being kind? Am I going to trigger something? Um, so, and look inward. I think um, it's hard to look inward and really check, like if if you could be doing something that could trigger somebody else, no one likes to have that feeling. And again, you may not be at all, but just look at, have a self-check. Um, I, I think going back to the women who like themselves like other women, I call it yeah. your inner she-bully. So that voice you have in the back of your head, we all have her too. Oh, you're not yeah. good enough. You're not doing this right. You have to kick her to the curb because she can be a way that you are having, let's see if I'm wording this right. If you have that inner she bully, chances are you could be causing some other mean types of behaviors just because you don't like yourself. Like you have to like yourself. Um, Mm. And then when you do, you like other people. Totally. Um, Yeah. I think, and then um, what else? Um, The she bully, the practice, the pause. I think, Really just looking at 
the other person, I've had women tell me, gosh, maybe it's cultural. Maybe they were raised different than you. So that really isn't about you, but it's just really kind of assessing the situation and being in the moment so you're aware of what is going on with that other individual. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all really, I love that the women who like themselves, like other people, other women, I, I love that notion that like when we're okay. Yeah. It sounds like this behavior comes from like a sense of scarcity, um, which, you know, our culture kind of perpetuates like, you know, this 100%, especially with women. Yeah. 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 Um, And it stems from so many, like at work, it could be a male dominated environment. It could be the scarcity factor. It could be, um, you know, you just don't feel good about yourself and you want what that other person has, or you think you deserve mm -hmm. it. And I'll be, I'll put this out there too. Sometimes some people are just mean. (laughs) No one likes to hear that, but um, sometimes people just can be not nice. And that's hard to accept too, especially, you know, I've always tell my kids, I tell myself, be kind. You may not be BFFs with everybody, but you can always be kind and you can always include. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, so it sounds like a lot of the work you do is among like corporate environments. Yes. So I've been taking a little bit of a pivot. I was doing, um, one-on-one coaching. And then when COVID hit, I was really, that's when I started, my business was getting, you know, moving up and um, Mm -hmm. COVID hit. That's when I'm like, okay, I'll write a book. So that's when I was able to take that time to write my book. But um, now um, I really see a need in the work environment. I mean, all over, I just think in general, we should talk about this behavior because it doesn't Mm -hmm. need to occur. But at work, if it's occurring to you by somebody that, you know, has control over your career path or your um, promotion or finances, you know, like that's a tough spot and there's a lot of fear associated with it. And so, and if it escalates at work well, anywhere, if it escalates, it turns into a form of bullying behavior. And um, it's really, it's can be a full-time job to look for a job. So at work, mm-hmm. I think it's breaking down the barrier. So when I talk about it at work, I, I coin it in the way that female rivalry is an outcome of an unhealthy organizational culture or a negative mm. organizational culture. And chances are there's a lack of psychological safety. So that means mm. people aren't feeling accepted for who they are. They feel afraid to speak up. They don't feel like they can be themselves. And so when you have that occurring, people will shrink and you're not getting a full participation from that individual. Plus, who wants to live in fear? So um, Totally. There, yeah, there's multiple avenues with it at work, but I think it needs to be talked about and then addressed and then implement bystander training and different things. So, you know, often with this behavior, because the woman who is targeted just can't stand it anymore, she will leave. It ultimately means that the negative behavior is being rewarded. Right. And that's not good in any situation. So. Well, I'm not super familiar with the corporate environment. I kind of like quit before I got started there, but um, I think so a decent portion of 
my listeners, I think, are entrepreneurs in some way, shape, or form. And I've experienced this myself as as an entrepreneur. I have encountered other people who do similar work as I do. And there, some of them are extremely happy to collaborate and like do things together, like, you know, like an interview swap for our podcasts or like whatever, even if our business models are like incredibly similar, some people are more willing to collaborate and some people approach it with more of a competition mindset where they're like a little, um, reserved with not wanting to collaborate because they don't want it it feels like they feel like collaborating would like like you're gonna take their information or something yeah yeah um so can you say that always baffles yeah it baffles me i i specifically in fact i've been thinking of a blog for this topic and i i address it in my book but let's say i'm a coach and you're a coach yeah. We may even coach on the same topics. But you're a completely different person than I am. Chances are right. you are going about your work vastly different than I am. We have different personalities. Um mm-hmm. so the way we will do things, although we want the same end results, we may even have some similar clients. We're very different people. Um Right. It baffles me that people think that's you can't work together. I think you can because, you know, Chan, what if I have a full workload? What if I get a client that I think is wonderful, but I'm I'm also like, gosh, I just don't think my personality is the best fit for this client. I can't do them mm-hmm. the best or offer the best service, but Rosemary can. So then you can collaborate and totally. you can share. And this goes back to the scarcity factor. Yeah. There is more than enough work and room out there. And when you... I think when you give and you collaborate and you share, it comes back to you in abundance because you're not right. living in the fear of somebody's going to get what I have or she's going to take my name or she's going to take my work. And yes, there are people out there that are malicious and you know do different things, but the majority of the people are not like that. And so right. I think that when you are collaborating and sharing, that's how you're building up your network. Yeah. And then you have a, a group that you trust and you bond with. So I, in my book, I, I use the analogy of a blackberry pie. Like you can cut that pie into eight pieces, but no matter how you cut it, every piece is going to be a little bit different because the berries are going to pop out. It's going to be juicy yeah. in one and maybe less juicy in the other, but you're still all getting a piece of the pie. So ladies or your listeners out there, yeah. Learn to collaborate. Like this is, there's more in it together. Yeah. It reminds me, this is a quote that keeps coming up in my brain and I don't know who said it, but, um, yeah, that related to this work you do is like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yes. I don't know who said that too, but I love that quote. Yeah. It reminds me very much. But it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you look at women, I think for a long time, women have been pitted against each other. You look at social media, you look at reality TV shows. Um, women, female rivalry is like humorous, a cat fight. It's women being dramatic. You know, that's the perception. And it's really not true. Like I've talked to so many women that say they won't work for a female boss. They won't, um, work on an all-female team. They don't have female friends. 
And I'm like, that's tragic. We are half the population and you don't have those things. Like it breaks my heart because something they experienced scarred them so bad that they don't trust other women. So it's a big deal. Like I can't say if somebody has post-traumatic stress disorder, but I do absolutely believe that women I've talked to that have really dealt with this type of behavior head on have experienced it. And it's sad. It doesn't need to be that way. And it goes along with something you said earlier, like this notion of psychological safety is very much at play here. And that has to do with trauma, you know, trauma removes us from our situation, our feelings of safety. So do you have any ideas? I mean, I'm sure you do have ideas like this is your work, um, about how we could promote that, um, that sense of safety, that sense of collaboration, like it. So for example, if we do find ourselves being one of those people that are like, oh, I don't have many girlfriends or like, I don't really like other women because this has been my experience. So I just don't even want to try anymore. Like, what would you say to those folks or like, what tips would you have to kind of move past that? So I, um, First, I've asked why, you know, like understanding their situation. And then the other thing is not every, I'm sorry that you've experienced that, but not everybody is like that. So I'm a firm believer, and this sounds kind of crazy, but get your date on. Like if you have a significant other, you dated that person. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't just jump into a relationship. So um, Mm. start out with networking groups that are local in your area and attend those things and see if, um, you know, just, you really have to do some research. It does take a little bit of work and don't just go one and one time and like base your decision, like give it a time or two or three. If it's not a fit, it's not a fit, no harm, no foul. But I'd lived in Richmond for several years. And for a while, you know, I was knee deep in having little kids. So I wasn't in that networking mindset. But then when I started to become into that, you know, that way of thinking. I found some amazing groups here in my local area. And I've met some women that I'm like, gosh, I feel like I've known you for years. And I've maybe only known you a year or two, but it's like-minded women. So it doesn't have to be networking. It can even be things you're interested in. You know, diff- there's so many groups and social things that are out there. And especially now that, you know, a lot of the COVID things are being lifted and people are getting together. Just mm-hmm. give things a try. Do a little research and check things out. I think you'll be surprised, but you have to you have to be vulnerable and you have to be open to mm. meeting new people and you know they're you're dating them. So, I'm yeah. sure there's a better word, but um No, it's yeah, a good way to look at it, I think. You, ha- you don't just yeah, like because go all in at first. You don't just jump you into it. the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And things that are important take time to build too. So don't also get impatient, but be open to um, newnesses, you know? And um, again, if something isn't a fit, you'll know in your gut. I'm a big believer of trusting your gut instinct because Mm -hmm. I think it's telling you something, but um, you might be pleasantly surprised with who you stumble upon. Totally. I love that that approach. And and it sounds like, too. That's, I mean, to kind of feel it out slowly, that is creating some sense of safety in the situation and that you're not giving it all away, you know, at first on the first date or whatever. 
to use that analogy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Well, and the yeah. other thing is, like, if you are basing the women that have told me that they don't have female friends because of what occurred to them, and I'm not belittling what had happened at all. Right. But I also am a firm believer that you have to forgive. And it doesn't mean you necessarily have to forgive that person, but you have to forgive the situation to move forward. Mm. It has nothing to do with the other person. It's all about you and letting go. Because if you can't let go of it, it's still with you. It can consume Mm -hmm. you. And ultimately, in my mind, that means that other person still has control over you. So it's a really powerful way to look at that. You have to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I think. We often hear like forgiveness is more for you than it is for the other person, but that's wow, that just like made something click in my brain that um the reason it's for you is so that you can go into new situations and be different and yes. not have your guard up because you've been hurt like the that's why forgiveness is for you. Wow, that thanks for making that click. Yeah, thank you. Well, I it I think that came to me when I was really doing my research and all these women were sharing and so in my original dissertation the work on this and I interviewed my nine women all but one had forgiven the situation. And I didn't mm. even going it's so funny when you go into something I'm doing the research I wasn't thinking about forgiveness. So these are just, you know, the themes that are coming to me. So all but right. one forgave the situation. The one that did not it impacted her daily. I mean, it was sad. Yeah. Her life was drastically changed. And I'm not saying your life wouldn't be changed if you were in a, you know, a big bullying type of situation. It would be, but the other eight women it impacted them. It still was with them. Mm-hmm. But all of them said to me, I'm taking this to be better. I know how, I know now how I do not want to treat other women. I know, and again, this was all set in the working environment. I know now how I want, a lot of these women were leaders, want my working environment to be set up. So there's open communication. So there's collaboration. So there isn't fear. So they kind of like me experiencing it, it's taking that negative and flipping it into a positive to do or be better. Yeah, I love that. And that sounds like a story of resilience too, you know, like not um, getting stuck. Yeah. Not in letting old it swallow cycles. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. And that also sounds like a, another way of, like you were saying, uh, they said they don't want to perpetuate that behavior. So that sounds like a good embodied way to kind of recognize and not, not be that way. Cause it sounds almost yeah. like because it's so de- deeply rooted in how women especially are socialized, right. Um, that it could be mm-hmm. easy to perpetuate the culture just because that's how we've been like subconsciously trained our entire lives. Right. Exactly. And um, for these women to, have it highlighted and then implement in their work environment that no, this won't be tolerated. And this is how we do things around here. And we talk about things and we're not passive aggressive or being mean mm-hmm. or, you know, they they were addressing it. And I just, my hat's off to them because that's not an easy feat to accomplish. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. And so this, yeah. it's interesting. I love the way this is like also a good highlight of how 
psychology work really works. You know, it's like just deeply rooted in listening well and listening to what actually comes up in these folks' stories. And yeah, that's yeah. I was shocked by the forgiveness, but then I was also like, gosh, you know, after you, I had to pull everything and then, you know, put it into different themes and categories. Mm -hmm. And I was like, gosh, this forgiveness thing keeps coming up. Like I was shocked, but I thought it's so cool, but then it makes sense. And then I've then further read books about forgiveness at work. And it's not the I don't mean to belittle forgiveness. It's not the touchy-feely forgive, you know, like we all, how personal it is, but it is personal because if something mm-hmm. is consuming you, you have to work on it for you, you know? Right. Like everybody has things that have happened to them and it's your choice and your decision as to how totally. you respond. And I say that about this type of behavior. I talk, my daughter and I have this conversation all the time. I'm like... How someone treats you is their choice, but how Mm -hmm. you respond to it is yours. And it's not always so easy to walk away or be kind, but you can do that. You can walk away and you don't even have to say anything at all, but it's hard, but Mm -hmm. it's your choice. I can hear my mom saying that too. My mom said that to me my whole yes. life. How how other other people's behavior is a reflection on them <laughs> and your behavior is a yeah. reflection on you. I can hear my mom right now. I can hear her saying it. Um, yes. So you said forgiveness. Isn't that is so funny? Things. I'm like sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Forgiveness is one of the things. What other – are these the things you covered in your book, like the themes that came up out of the stories? Yes. I um, – the things that also came out with this behavior, it's, um, it, and I mentioned this when I talked a little bit about my story, but how rivalry just doesn't stay in the area that it's occurring, like at work or it, if it's a church right. or in your neighborhood, you know, like it can, it can really impact your entire life. So I've had so many women tell me that they've had unexplained health issues or social issues Mm. or emotional issues, all as a result of this behavior. And so um, it makes sense because when it slowly starts to occur, I'll give the work analogy again. It could be like you say something, like, or you have a comment. Rosemary said something to Amber and I'll think, well, why would she say that or do that to me? I didn't do anything to her. You know, so it kind of is that, it's that passive aggressive. It's like an intangible behavior and you think, mm. oh, I imagined it. And so it's the slow right. wear down. And when it's occurring, chances are it's not occurring in front of other people. So I think the one thing about this is you can lose your voice when you are on the receiving end. Um, Mm -hmm. because it's so intangible and passive aggressive, it can be very difficult to share with others what you're experiencing, even though you know it. Um, so at work, it may be hard to go to HR and say, I need help with this. And they'll say, okay, I need proof. And you're like, right, well, this is my story, but that's a, she said, she said, until you have proof. So I'm a firm believer of document, document, document at some point, even if you're, you know, taking notes in a meeting or writing in a journal, at some point you are going to have some themes that come out and that will help you tell your story about what is occurring. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it goes back to the like research thing. Like it's almost like you're researching the situation until the themes elucidate themselves. And it can be hard. Yeah. Yeah, It's so, it can be hard when you're in it because it'll make you crazy and you'll doubt yourself and you'll be unhappy. But if you can, if you do see it when you're, I'm also a big believer of, of humor. So if, Mm -hmm. because you're losing your voice, it can be hard to speak up for yourself. But if, if somebody says something to you, especially if other people around or even alone, you can say, now, Rosemary, I know you didn't mean to say it like that. That kind of hurt my feelings. Or, you know, girl, like it's calling the other out in a nice way, but it lets them know I see you. And so if you can do that, I don't know if it would stop the behavior or not, but it lets them know, you know, what's going on, you know, and maybe can help to prevent it from, you know, going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Nice. Um, cool. So can you tell us a little bit more about your book? Sure. My book Behind Frenemy Lines, Rising Above Female Rivalry to Be Unstoppable Together. So it's uh, together. I love that. Unstoppable together. I'm firmly believe we can do that. So um, yeah, it's so funny. My I'd shown the cover to my mom before everything was published, and she's like, "What's that word, frenemy? Is that a real word?" <laughs> I said, yeah, "I guess in our generation, yeah, yeah, yeah." But it's but Sigmund Freud used it. Father of psychology. He used to use wow. that to talk about himself. Isn't that shocking? I, I did a little research. I'm like, mom, it's been around longer than you know. But yeah, I think I it's more that. common now with our and social yeah. media. Yeah. It's he used to say he had a frenemy inside of him. Huh. So um so my book is about how to recognize what it is, um, uh how young it starts, where it can occur, Mm. you know, the different types, because it's not a black and white behavior when it occurs at work, when it occurs socially, and then how to move on and overcome and be better together. So Mm -hmm. um, it's an interactive book. And through each, um, I think each chapter has between seven to nine questions to have you kind of sit back and think, okay, how, how am I? contributing or not contributing to this or you know has this happened to me what did I do type of thing so it's for sale on um it should be at all major bookstores and on definitely on Amazon it's also um on Audible too nice so I have one question that just came to me and it might be like too rabbit holy to get into at this point in the conversation but you know talking about collaboration is there on the other side, like, so it sounds like, you know, treating other folks like frenemy, like it could benefit us more to collaborate more, but is there on the other side, like a double-edged sword type thing, um, a way to be like boundaried with this? Like, I, I know it goes back to your dating analogy, like you don't just give it all away on the first date kind yeah. of thing, but like, what is the other, is there a way to swing too far towards collaboration or how to look out for that? I think always go back to your gut instinct. You know what I mean? Mm. Like if you hear that little inner whisper, it's there for a reason. And so, and I think you have to assess the personalities you're interacting with. You know, some, like you had mentioned, some folks might be more reserved. Some might, you have to also look at the other person 
And are you both giving and receiving about the same? Mm. You know, you don't want to yeah. be just collaborating with somebody that's a taker or, you know, right. or, you know, where you're giving it all. Like you want it to be equal because that's how relationships work. And, you know, there are also moments when I might be given more one time and you may be the next. That's a normal ebb mm. and flow but yeah. um, of support. But I'd say um, listen to your gut for sure. I don't know that... Um, I haven't had any like negative or bad examples of people being too collaborative um, yeah. until it turns, you know, to the nasty side. But, um, and I'm also a believer of, you know, you can have positive competition. I think that can, yeah. especially on teams, if you're all working together and collaborating, you can positively compete. And I think that pushes you to all do and be better while you're still, you know, totally. being your own unique self. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. So your book sounds amazing. I love, I didn't know before just now that it was also interactive. I'm all about that. Cause that helps you apply the, the work as you're doing it, make it more embodied. Well, and I've, um, I didn't go into it just thinking this is going to be an interactive book, but then I'm like, well, gosh, I think I should ask these questions. So I, just to give yeah. a little heads up, um, the feedback I've gotten from it, it's rare that somebody just sits down and reads it. Like you sit down, you read a little bit, you digest it. So yeah. you kind of treat it as a, a workbook. But there are lots of stories um, from all ages and phases and women from everywhere. So um, I, I wanted that to be relatable to all women because um, yeah, it happens. So you're saying it includes some of the story, like it actually includes them, not just the themes? Oh, it's full of, yeah, no, I have full stories. This is like, Yay. so the book is full of, there are so many stories that um, I wanted it to be, so I took my research, but I, I wanted it to be um, a non-scholarly book, if that makes sense. Yeah. I wanted it to be totally everyday reading, accessible. not, yeah, and yeah, accessible because I'm like, oh gosh, who's going to want to read that if it's all like stats and stuff? But there's mixes yeah. of that in there. But it's um, for each, most of the examples, I'll have a story so it's relatable and you can understand like what I'm bringing up or how I'm That's talking cool. about it. So nice. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Um, so Thank are there you. any final thoughts you want to leave us with, like a way to wrap it all up? I just, you know, um, you look at women being half the population in this world and, um, for years we've struggled to be, and this is not a man shaming or bashing thing, but to be equal to men. And, you know, I think for us to get to that point, we have to bond and be better together. Like if we're mm. competing with our own sex, like it's going to be harder to even, compete with men. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I right. just, to get to where we're seeing the same, I just think we have to have each other's backs and support each other. And we need to talk about this behavior because it does exist. And mm -hmm. if we talk about it and we don't tolerate it, we can start to curb it because what's the point of it? We can be kind, you know, you're not always going to, yeah love everybody, but you don't have to be unkind to them if they're not your mm -hmm. type of people. Totally. I love that. All right. So where can folks find you? 
Well, thank you. I'm on all social medias like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. My website is tobecoachingandconsulting.com. That's um, T-O-B-E. And um, yeah, if you feel free to check my website out. I am posting things regularly. Thank you. And if you have questions about a rivalry situation or something you're not sure of, drop me a line. I'm happy to answer questions and um, help get you through a situation. So I saw on your website, like you have blog posts. It looks like some of the things you brought up, like the queen bee thing, you have that stuff is all like there on your website. Lots of good resources. I'm starting to do, I was doing blog posts twice a month. Now I'm on a weekly campaign and so um i'm trying to pull out little nuggets that can help folks you know face what's going on the one i dropped yesterday um, i'm beginning to talk about male allyship and female rivalry Mm -hmm. because i i do speak to groups of men as well and um Mm -hmm. they want to know how they can help and you know men i have not studied men so i i can't say I don't think they act this way they just are a little bit different but you know if they have mm-hmm. a team at work or they have females in their family they want to know what they can do to be supportive so um nice I started a series on that but very yeah. cool um and then so you. you're you have a free download yes uh the the good women walk can you tell us more about that Yes, it's my, I'm on my recent campaign is called the Good Women Walk campaign and really what it kind of goes back to some of what you've you and I've talked about is how this behavior is disruptive to a work environment and how it impacts mm-hmm. the culture but how it really um hurts the psychological safety of a working environment. So I give signs of what to look for and then I also give signs of um I think five steps of how you can begin to start looking at your workplace and do you have a psychologically safe environment and a few tips of how to start to turn that around if you don't think that you do. Nice. Sounds very helpful. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks for all that awesome wisdom you shared with us today. Uh, Thanks for being here. I appreciate you, and thank you for having me as a guest on your show. You're doing great work. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode, friends. What a great episode that was. I really enjoyed learning from Dr. Amber Tishner myself and thinking about how this concept that I know I've had embodied experience with in my life applies to like what there's actual research behind it and you know more you know real science you know which is just research you know the like things I'm doing with this podcast like collecting stories like I'm not doing it on the podcast in any kind of research or meaningful way I'm not coding for data but that is what we call qualitative research it's common in psychology and so that's what Dr. Tishner, what Amber, you know, I guess she she's okay with being called Amber, I'm assuming, um, because I totally was calling her that in this episode. That's what she does, and that's what lots of other psychologists do, and I'm just so glad to meet and find people that are bringing this stuff 
into an embodied space, into the world where real people can use it. And I'm glad you're tuning into this episode. I hope it was helpful. If this is something that feels like it's been showing up in your life and impacting you, like she said in the episode, um, impacting, it, it can touch all areas of your life. And right, that's, you know, kind of why I'm here doing yoga therapy, because nothing exists in a vacuum. Like if we're experiencing really deep troubles in in one area, it's totally going to spill over into the other areas. You're not bad or wrong for not compartmentalizing yourself all the time because everything is connected, right? That's yoga. It means union. Everything's connected. Um, yeah. So if you need more support specifically with female rivalry, I hope you definitely check out all the wonderful resources on her website, which is of course linked in the show notes. As usual, you can just click it. It's only a click away. Or if you want even deeper support with the yoga side, that's where I come in. I am training to become a yoga therapist, as y'all know, if you've been around, but I am in the process of launching my practicum for the training. Like I'm ready to start seeing clients and I can, um, I'm receiving deeper training on how to do that more successfully virtually, which means pretty soon I will be launching um, a way that you can sign up for yoga therapy virtually if you want more support that way. But if you are like really raring to go and you want to go ahead and sign up, I hope you would feel comfortable enough to reach out and email me, rosemary at yogiscopes.com. Otherwise, um, if you want a place to start, I always try to plan these episodes. It usually works out pretty well that the topic goes along um, decently well with the astrology of the week. And I talk about that on my other podcast, Yogi Scopes, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S. You can just search that or you can go to my website, yogiscopes.com slash podcasts, and you'll see both this podcast and that one. Um, and so I usually try to make them go hand in hand and we have... A period of time astrologically where women's issues are being indicated. So you can find out more about that there. Please remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. I'm so glad you're here and I'm glad to be back. Take care, friends.